we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got the godfather of the ADA community, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, also known as Super G and the leader of the Astrolight Media Group, a renowned crypto educator in the space, James Rule XRP is joining us this morning, so very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is expanding across the globe, opening a new payment corridor in one of the largest remittance locations on the planet. U.S. Congressman Tom Emmer is sticking up for crypto, calling out the OFAC for its sanctions against Tornado Cash. China is in the final stages of testing its digital one, now allowing citizens to purchase public transportation via their CBDC. Uh, Cardano is gearing up for a massive network upgrade as XRP developers are creating a solution for investors to avoid centralized exchanges. New studies find that 88% of Americans have heard of cryptocurrencies, yet only a fraction of those have invested in the new asset class. Gary Gensler and the SEC are calling themselves the cops of the digital asset space, warning investors that lots of crypto tokens will fail. And we ask our special guest about his sentiment on the crypto market, sharing the perspective as a crypto educator. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So it's a very special day. As we always do this Wednesday, we have a very special guest. James Rule XRP is in the building. James, how you feeling this morning? Why don't you tell our listeners about some of the stuff you do on your channel? Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, being a crypto teacher, uh, I try to get, uh, the, you know, the content out every day, not only the news, but, you know, also the, the good and the bad, all the scams, everything going on. I try to switch it up a little bit, but yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, just, you know, knocking it out every day, trying to find the biggest piece of news, trying to keep the community positive because all the negativity all the fud out there all the you know all the the government's trying to shake us out of our uh, holdings uh we're, we have diamond hands we're strong baby a hundred percent and i think johnny crypto shares a very like-minded sentiment when it comes to the government and centralized currencies we're going to talk about this bear market today billionaires are built in the bear market johnny crypto and we're going to dive into that but what's on your mind my friend what are you talking about? I love the government. They're the best thing since sliced bread. Are you kidding me, man? That's beautiful. But first of all, let me just say good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there that show up every day. We love you guys. Thank you for being out there. And good morning to our brother Gonzo and Abs. But more importantly, we've got a special guest. I'm super excited. I don't know if I should call him Clint Eastwood or the Texas Rattlesnake. But James, we're so happy to have you here this morning. Thank you for being here. Can't wait to hop into some conversations and dialogue. Sounds like uh, we think quite a bit alike about the government and other things. So uh, welcome aboard and good morning. Awesome. We're going to dive right into it. And I like the Texas rattlesnake. I think I'm going to go with that for this episode. But Gonzo, we got you in the building. Why don't you show our listeners that bull run gear and what's on your mind, my friend? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. You know, just truly blessed. It's been a great week so far. and It's going to continue. Super excited to be here with James this morning. Uh, you know, I was checking out his content. He's a huge educator in the space. And so just really excited, man. Really blessed. Awesome. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting in extreme fear this morning. Johnny Crypto, we're sitting at a 25. We've been as high as a 41 in the past week, but as the market goes down, 
So does the Bitcoin fear and greed index. And this morning, we are sitting at 1.03 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 20%. We got Bitcoin at $21,400 this morning. Ethereum is $16.50. XRP is $0.34. Cents. Cardano is $0.46. Cents. Polygon, $81. Stellar is $0.10 cents flat. And we're going to scroll down to Quant, which is $109 this morning. James Rule, I'm coming right back to you, my friend. We always talk about how this bear market, it's a great time to accumulate the assets that were probably four or five times the value just six months ago. What are some of the projects that you're watching? And maybe feel free to address XRP. I know most of our listeners are interested to hear your take. Well, none of this is financial advice. I have to get that disclaimer out there. Every video, I have to let you know. You know, there, there's so many amazing projects out there. There's so many opportunities. Even when the market's down, people are getting upset and frustrated. But you know what? You, you can look at it as the glass half full, the glass half empty. I see it as the glass half empty. There's always opportunity. There's always uh, uh, opportunities. You know, and we're so early. You know, what, 1% of the world is in crypto right now? You know, or less than 1%. And you could ask your neighbor, you could ask your family, you can go to the store, go to the bar and ask people if they know what XRP or XLM is. And they look at you like a deer in the headlight. So <laughs> that's why we say in Texas, deer in the headlight, that look, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I have probably over a dozen different uh, digital asset investments. Uh, of course, XRP is my top investment. I've been in this space for about five years. Um, there's several others. I mean, you look at XLM and ADA and VeChain, and um, th there's so many. I mean, I can't cover them all, you know, just, just telling you off the bat. But yeah, do your research. Understand what the underlying technology is. Don't just look at the price because you have to read the white papers. You have to really dig in those rabbit holes like I've been doing the past five years and just dig in and understand what all these ecosystems, what the problem is that they're solving. And if they're being used today, if they're going to be used tomorrow, you just have to do your research. We always talk about ISO compliant tokens and how that shift was supposed to happen in November of this year. Now they've actually pushed that deadline out as to full implementation will come in on March 10th of 2025. We're showing our listeners right now a list of the ISO compliant tokens. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts because I know you got some great information here about this shift that's taking place. The entire banking system is going from fiat to digital, and we have this unique opportunity to invest in that asset class. So how do you feel about the ISO compliant tokens? And of course, you're, you're bullish on XRP, but how do you feel about Algorand, XDC, Stellar, and a couple of the others? Oh, I feel great about all of them, to be honest with you. Uh, they're, they're all ecosystems that are, are changing the finance, you know, changing finance in general as we see it. Uh, the governments are, are pushing away from these because they know that we are now our own banks <laughs> and they hate it. They, they don't want us to be our own banks. They don't want us to be millionaires like they already are. But uh, yeah, all these, Iota, Hedera, Quant, Algo, XDC, you know, XDC, uh, Zenfin, it was just announced the DTCC, uh, R3, Corda. I know uh, Zenfin is tied in with those, you know, R3 and Corda. Uh of course, XRP. And so many people say, say Ripple XRP. It's actually XRP. Ripple is a company that uses the digital asset XRP. XRP is a decentralized token on the XRP ledger. So, you know, in the news, you'll hear Ripple's XRP or this or that. But uh, XLM, Stellar X, I do have some XLM. It's, it's uh, on the top of my list as well. So, yeah, ISO 2022, the messaging standard. Uh, replacing the SWIFT, uh, you know, old banking system, it's coming. And uh, people are going to freak out here in the next year or two when they see all these uh, ecosystems come to fruition. They're going to be blown away. And, and I'm, I'm going to continue to say, I told you so. <laughs> and I'm here I'm, and we're excited for it. Johnny Crypto, I'm coming to you, man, because we're talking about Quant this morning. Everybody said that we've had such an amazing eight weeks here. We're due for a regression. When you look at the total market cap, it's only $1.3 And the problems that they're solving, that's drops in a bucket. What are a couple of the projects that you're watching this morning, Johnny? And how do you feel about Quant in particular? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, you know me. I love the fear zone. I just replaced the word fear with buy and the word sell with greed and uh, or the word greed with sell, right? So this right now is some of the buying time. Now we've come a little bit off the lows. And so I'm not buying as heavily as I was earlier a month ago. But I still, matter of fact, I just made some buys last night. I actually bought a little bit of quant uh, to even up my numbers. And I also picked up, you know, so Filecoin. I like Filecoin because the world needs storage. And it's one of the more decentralized storage coin. 
So I, I picked up a, uh, some file as well. Uh, so those are the two that I, you know, I kind of looking at and want to continue to accumulate along with obviously Cardano and Crow and a couple of those other ones. But file was my, my newest addition. And uh, yeah, we'll just continue to accumulate down here. We know at the end of the day that what we're buying, as you said earlier, 16% of the U.S. and only 5%, only 5% of the globe is into crypto, which means there's a shit ton of people that's still going to come into this space. And that's just going to, like we say, high tide raises all boats. We're, we're going to be in for a monster tsunami. I can't wait. Gonzo, I'd love to hear from you this morning. I know you told us about Filecoin, so Johnny Crypto, you can thank Gonzo for that. What are some of the other projects this you're watching? And I'm showing a chart on the screen right now. We're talking about how Bitcoin appears to have bottomed out. And when we had Mark Yusko on the show last week, he talked about how crypto winter actually took place in July. And it's behind us. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, Gonzo. How do you feel about the market overall? Yeah, you know, I'm just kind of waiting to see what, what Bitcoin decides to do, right? Because it's, uh, well, you know, we're not Bitcoin maxis, you know, it, right now, before the, uh, until there's like a decoupling event, it moves the market, right? It's the energy of the market. And so, I, you know, I've been kind of looking at the charts. We fell out of the channel and now we're using the bottom of the channel as resistance. And so, you know, the more and more like research I do and the more like media stories that I read, you know, everybody is locked into this whole, like it's going to be 10 to 14,000. And so I, I'm starting to lean into, I was talking to Jackie about this last night that, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if we either end up just going to 15 and then those orders don't get filled that are at 10 to 14 and we go back up or we completely surprise everyone and we blow right down past 10,000 and we go way below and it scares the shit out of everybody, right? Not us, right? Because we've got our mindset. We know what we're investing in, right? Because think about this. Think about what the other alts will do if Bitcoin drops below 10,000. Think about where Quant will be. Think about where XRP, XLM, all the, all the ones that we talk about. I mean, I, I'm going to be gobbling them up, right? I, I'm not going to be scared at all. So just just things that I'm looking at. But like Johnny, Johnny and I are on the same frequency. Yeah, I got some Filecoin uh, over the weekend. And I actually got some Algo. Algo got down to 29 cents. So I got some Algo and then my normal DCA into like XDC because I felt like I needed to catch up on that. But yeah, you know, we'll see. Just keep watching the charts. Uh, but, you know, I'm still leaning towards that in the fall is, you know, the four-year cycles are still alive and well. And then in the fall that we're still going to get some type of major pullback. Awesome. And we're about to dive into our news for today. But before we do that, we got 142 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're enjoying this content and you're looking for more of James Rule stuff, check him out on YouTube at James Rule XRP or on Twitter. It's at Rule XRP. But we're going to get into the news for today because we have MasterCard CEO saying that they're working with Binance to let people spend at more than 90 million locations worldwide. James Rule, I'd love to get some quick uh, thoughts on this. We always talk about how Bitcoin continues to lead the market today. And we're waiting on that utility run. But before we see that, we're going to need some mass adoption. This is a move in that direction. How do you feel about this news? Yeah, it's massive. I mean, you know, when you get crypto out in front of the masses, you get digital assets out in front of the masses. I've been using the Uphold MasterCard for two years now, spending my XRV. <laughs> so, and when I go to a retailer or to a restaurant, I'll say, hey, look, can I, can I purchase this meal with XRP? And they're like, huh? And I'll show them the Uphold MasterCard say, look, I just purchased this meal with crypto. And they're like, whoa, how do I get one? You know, so yeah, uh, MasterCard, you know, just getting it out to the masses. It, it's just a matter of time before this thing pops. People are going to freak out. Johnny you know, Crypto, I think the real question is, who's trying to spend their uh, cryptocurrencies on these assets right now? If somebody asked me to spend my XRP, James, I'd be a little bit nervous. I'm in the HODL mode. But Johnny Crypto, what do you think about this development? We covered an article yesterday from Anthony Scaramucci that said, until Bitcoin reaches 1 billion wallets, it's not going to be a hedge against inflation. This could be a step in that direction. What's it mean to you? Well, you know, as we talked about, for, for this technology to take off, adoption has to happen. For adoption to happen, you need the masses, the sheeple, need to be told by something they trust in that it's okay to do so. And MasterCard is exactly that kind of thing that has people's trust. So if MasterCard says, hey, it's okay to spend crypto or it's okay to use crypto to spend, then the masses are going to use crypto to spend. If they tell them they can't, then they're not. And so that's just how fickle our society is. But the reality is because MasterCard is saying, yeah, it's okay to do it, this is actually a great thing for all of us because we're in so early. Um, we want to see the masses come on board. We know the adoption curve, what it looks like. 
And when that starts to happen, you're going to see numbers in crypto like we've never seen before. And it's going to be great for everybody here who's early. So this is actually, to me, super, super exciting news. Awesome. And I'm actually bumping some XRP news right up to the front for our listeners. because. By the S- way, though, Abs, by the way, no. <laughs> I ain't using my XRP. That's for freaking sure. I'll use my USDT. <laughs> But I ain't using my I ain't using my XRP. That's for freaking. I'm crazy. with you, Johnny Crypto. There's no way. But SEC chairman says crypto should be treated the same as other capital markets. Completely disagree. But let's dive into this news here. Gary Gensler said there's no reason to treat crypto market differently from the rest of the capital markets just because it uses a different technology. Recent market events show why this is critical, and the crypto firms comply with securities law. In recent months, some crypto running platforms have frozen their investors' accounts or gone bankrupt. And when it comes to bankruptcy. These investors have to get in line at the court. Across decades of cases, the Supreme Court has made it clear that the standard of economic realities of a project, not the labels, determine whether it's a security under securities law. What Gary Gensler is claiming here is that cryptocurrencies operate as securities. We talk about it every single day, James, how we disagree and we go through the reasons why. But I'd love for you to inform our listeners out there. Number one, is XRP a security? And two, how do you feel about the SEC's attack on the cryptocurrency market? We talk about how the Howey test is outdated. Could a ripple test actually come from this? Yeah, I mean, you opened up that can of worms. I mean, you know, the SEC's regulation by enforcement, uh, the Howey test. John Deaton did an op-ed to Gary Gensler's article there and kind of broke down the Howey test and, and how it shows that Gary Gensler is now calling the oranges securities. You know, the orange groves, the Howey test, the four factors and all that. No, XRP is not a security. I'm living proof. I get paid in XRP. I don't know if you guys know, guys know that. That's the reason I could spend it, because when it's my main source of income, I could uh, hedge against the dollar or whatever. But do, I do hold quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Gary's the cop on the beat, the SEC. We can do what we want. No, we're not going to give up the Hinman emails, all the above. It's just a, uh, a crap show. Just and you know, it, what, what gets us frustrated as retail investors is the SEC, and I know you're going to laugh at this, was originally built to protect investors, right? They're supposed to be the ones protecting us and creating an environment where we feel safe investing in these assets, but it turns out they're doing the complete opposite. And the SEC even went as far as to call themselves the police officers of the crypto market. So Gary Gensler said the SEC will serve as a cop on the beat, as with seatbelts in cars. We need to ensure that investor protections come standard in the crypto market. Johnny Crypto, we do something on our show, James, called the Rat Snake Weasel Index. Yeah. Johnny Crypto, why don't you explain that to Johnny and figure out where Gary Gensler lies? Yeah, well, first of all, this is a bunch of horse bullshit. You can't go after people and enforce something that doesn't have any freaking rules around it, right? We all know that we're waiting for Congress to create some freaking rules and some clarity. And we all know that Gary is really high up on our Rat Snake Weasel list. We, you know, he's just Everything he says is not true. He's a, he's a lion rat weasel. We know that he says, hey, come in and work with us. And what did Ripple do? Five times, five times, five times they came in the SEC and said, hey, we want to work with you. And what do they get? Come on, guys, tell them what they get. Pow, they get slapped with a fresh one, a nice fresh lawsuit for coming and working with you. So, I mean, no, there's no transparency. There's no honesty and integrity right now with that high office. And we need that. We need that office needs to get clarity. It needs to be consistent, right? You can't go sue Ripple and then not sue Ethereum when they did exactly the same thing back in 2013. And we talked about this yesterday. Well, you know, we saw that Brian Brooks nailed it spot on. That XRP probably, when it was first launched, was acting like a security. And so was every single other cryptocurrency out there. And we know today, the way they're operating, XRP is completely a currency and not a security. But we're not getting we're not getting told that. And that's the part I that's the trouble I have with him. So any words he says right now is meaningless until we get some clarity from Congress. Gonzo, I'm going to take a little bit of an optimistic perspective here. When we talked about the lawsuit before the show, you said that what could be great is that when this thing's over, Ripple could be one of the only tokens besides Bitcoin with clarity and regulation surrounding it. What are you anticipating at the end of this lawsuit? Could we actually get some use cases with the ODL? I mean, if XRP is adopted by the American markets, you can only imagine what the market cap would be. Yeah, 100%. We were talking about this, right? Like we sit here and we talk about the news every day and we're always talking about how we need regulation and we need clarity and it'll bring the influx of money from the sober funds, from like the retirement funds, from like, you know, the financial legacy system. Um, So when you like zoom out and you take a look at it, you know, so far, the only clarity that we have, right? And the SEC said it, Gary Gensler said it, that Bitcoin is a commodity. So we have that, right? Ethereum, they go back and forth. Sometimes it's commodity, sometimes it's security. We're not sure that's going to lay. 
But the only other one that we're going to have true definitions and clarity on is XRP. And I'm not telling you not financial advice to go ahead and go FOMO in, but just think about that. We're constantly asking for clarity and for regulation. And pretty soon when this lawsuit gets resolved, we're going to have that in XRP. It'll be one of the only ones that we have. All the other ones will fall in line and try to use the case um, and whatever judicial precedent they set to kind of match. But it'll be the one that'll be clearly defined. And it just makes me super bullish on XRP. But that's not like the police. That's not your job. That's not their job, right? They're there to protect um, supposedly investors, but really what they're doing is just funneling money to the, we talked about this with Mark Yusko, right? Is they're using it to funnel money to the richer, right? Um, that, that's not their job to be the police. They're supposed to like, you know, if you think about it, it's so crazy, right? You had Coinbase, you had Ripple, you had all these companies that are trying to do the right thing. They went in to get guidance, right? And the whole time they're saying, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then year late, years later, you slap them with a the lawsuit Right. I mean, it's totally asinine uh, and, it, and it's not their job. Right. It's more of the regulation through enforcement. And that's not what they were set up to do. Right. They're supposed to give clarity and guidance so that they never get in trouble. So they never cross that line. But they never want to define the line. Right. Because they want to manipulate the market. And that's just, you know, that's just my opinion. You're spot on, Gonzo, and I want to kick it back to James. We have a video prepared for our listeners of John Deaton describing what he thinks is going to take place after the SEC lawsuit. But I want to go back to you really quickly. With all the scams and rug pulls in this space, I love this comment from one of our listeners. The SEC chose to go after Ripple, which is one of the most transparent companies in all of digital assets. There's a couple of reasons behind that, but why do you believe the SEC chose Ripple? And what do you think about Brad Garlinghouse and, and Ripple having met with the SEC over five times since 2013? I tell you what, it's, it's crazy. You know, Ripple has been transparent since day one. You could read all their quarterly reports, all the above. And, you know, the way I see it is, is Jay Clayton chose the redheaded stepchild, the best of the best to sue before he bailed out of the SEC and gave it to Gensler and everybody else. Um, there was no reason that Ripple should have been sued, that the XRP community, the, the XRP army should have been. It's been over 600 days since this lawsuit was put into fruition. And, you know, the community is discouraged. The prices are down. People are pissed off. I get messages every day on crypto Twitter. My phone blows up. My texts blow up. But you know what? If you hold on a little bit longer, we're, we're going to get through this. And like you were stating earlier, the ripple test, they're going to have to change the Howie to associate with this new technology. You know, back when the Howie was created, nobody held, there wasn't anything digital back then. So things are going to have to change. Yeah. John Deaton is the goat. He's getting it out there. He's representing over 70,000 XRP holders and we're fighting the best fight we could fight. You know, all the crypto Twitter sleuths, YouTube sleuths have been getting all this factual garbage evidence out against the SEC and uh, just hold on, you know, uh, get it out to the universe. The laws of attraction will bring it back to you 10,000 fold. And I'm not lying when I say that. Hey, James, there's a reason we say we are the top crypto research team on the planet every single day on this channel. We're speaking that into existence, but we got 185 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button on this Wednesday. We're going to continue with our news as we're talking about XRP. One of the things that comes to mind is ETHGATE, right? And I want to stick on this for just another minute before we dive into our news stories. Ethereum Gate is one of the biggest controversies in the space right now. Because we know about the Ethereum Alliance, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs directly profiting off of Ethereum doing well. Well, Ethereum has been given a free pass by the banks. Do you think there's going to be a day when the SEC comes around and prosecutes Vitalik Buterin or some of these Ethereum founders for the ICO that took place in 2015? Man, it's coming. It's coming. I mean, we how can it not? How can they not look into it? Because we brought it out. The news is reporting it. Fox Business is blowing it up. Fox Business is the only news source right now that's actually that actually gives a damn about this lawsuit and what we're having to go through. So. Yeah, uh, their day's coming. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm getting it out to the universe. <laughs> you know. Perfect, James. And we're actually going to roll into a clip from Fox Business right now because John Deaton is talking about the SEC lawsuit, and he's got some eye-opening claims about what could happen after the SEC possibly wins this thing. We're going to get some comments from the group. Here we go. Sherman told Ellie Tarek, my producer today, that he thinks that the SEC is going to win easy. He thinks that the investigation should expand, not just 
to this one aspect with Ripple to any any like coin wallet or any sort of aspect of crypto that that was trading the XRP or trades it. Do you what, what do you think about that? Well, I think that uh, Congressman Sherman, uh, along with Chairman Gensler, would know security if it bit him in the butt. <laughs> I think that's a great place to stop. That's pretty much the gist of the clip is that not only are they becoming the enforcement agencies for this market, nobody's giving them the right or the jurisdiction to do so. And when we got litigation in the United States, it gave the commodities, the CFTC, they actually had control over Bitcoin and Ethereum. So what are some of your thoughts about the SEC prosecuting anybody who sold XRP during that time? I'll tell you what, it's, uh, you know, Sherman, he... It's hypocrisy what he said that, you know, at the beginning of this uh, trial or whatever they were talking about, he just came out and blatantly said that XRP is a security. You know, you shouldn't, nobody should have XRP. It's not meant for the retail investor. Um, you know, it's uh, every day we're, we're just trying to do the best we can. And, and we all know that XRP is not a security. Now they're saying on the secondary market it is. It's not. When I first purchased XRP back in 2017, I did not know who the company Ripple was. I saw that XRP was uh, a lot cheaper than Bitcoin at the time in 2017 before the bull run. And I had no clue. So, you know, the secondary market, it is not a security. That's It's one and done. XRP is not a security. That's all I have to say. Johnny Crypto, check out this tweet we're showing on screen. It's breaking down exactly why XRP is meant for the retail investor. People used to always talk about these buyback opportunities and things of that nature. And, and, and I'm a believer. I'm open to all thoughts. But I do think it's meant for retail. And I don't think that XRP was meant specifically for, well, it was meant for the banks. It was built for the banks. But I do think retail is going to be allowed to hold this currency. What are some of your thoughts on the Flare Network update and all the utility coming to the XRPL, Johnny? We're actually going to cover an article how somebody built a developer built and DEX so that you can onboard fiat and purchase XRP without going through exchanges. Yeah, well, first of all, to say that they think it, uh, the SEC is going to easily win that case tells me they, they're not watching the lawsuit. <laughs> if you watch what's going on, the SEC is getting bitch slapped every time they turn left and right in that case. But getting getting to this particular news here, it's funny because I actually retweeted this yesterday from Crypto Area. This is a great a great uh, slide because I like I like when you can continue to see more and more use cases you know any cryptocurrency that wants to survive needs to create use cases and the more use cases you have the more demand you create the more demand you know the more we drive the price up and to be honest with you i wouldn't be surprised if xrp when ripple created it was you know the thoughts were hey we're going to let this be a cross-border payment system it's going to be primarily for the banks and you know what you're seeing happen now is you know companies shift they change their strategies right and there's nothing wrong with them continuing to be part of the cross-border payment system, but at the same time, also expand their use cases out into these other areas as you see them going into. We know they're getting the NFT space and the DeFi space. So to me, it's one of those things where I just wonder if they were going to be part of the system and they got kicked out and they said, hey, we need to figure another way. Or the plan always was to, hey, let's expand and create, let's have a private ledger and a public ledger, and maybe, maybe XRP is split and used both ways. I don't think anybody knows the answer. We're going to wait and see. But what I do see is a company that's being sued and they're still moving their ass and spreading out and planting seeds with their technology around the world. That is just that's a great thing. That's a good, strong leadership team. And that's a company that I want to be part of our own Gone's on technology. I'm coming to you for this next article because we've got a massive development on the XRP ledger. Here's why XRP doesn't need centralized crypto exchanges. We covered an article yesterday showing that five companies on this planet run basically all of the internet data, and we're avoiding that same circumstance when it comes to cryptocurrencies. If they're able to shut down where you can access your funds, they're able to control the market, and this could be a solution for that. On XRP and on as XRP ledger built modular ecosystem has reported reaching an important milestone for its on-ramp solution. The project stated that 500 U.S. citizens were able to purchase XRP from their non-custodial wallets via fiat, thanks to OnXRP and BananaX joint service. The total volume of XRP purchased through this on-ramp equals just under half a million U.S. dollars. And OnXRP rightly argues that the on-ramp solutions like itself, there's no need for centralized exchanges. That gets me really excited, James, the fact that we're going to not have to use Coinbase, not have to use Kraken, all of these exchanges, which maybe insolvent. There's been so many rumors about what's going on with Coinbase. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the fact that right now, 
centralized exchanges can still control how we get these funds. How do you feel about XRP going decentralized? Yeah, I, I think it's awesome because, you know, uh, after the lawsuit, all the exchanges delisted XRP. You know, now up you can go to Uphold in the United States, and, and there's several others that we can have access to around the world. But, yeah, uh, decentralized, you know, the Sum Wallet app. You can go in there now and uh, trade altcoin, you know, XRP ledger, trust line coins for XRP or XRP for that token. It's decent, totally decentralized. We don't have to depend on a Coinbase or a Binance or a BitTrue or whatever. But, yeah, uh and, and that's what the governments are pushing away, pushing against. They don't want us to be our own banks, to do our own transactions there. They want total control of it. They're trying to, the SEC is now trying to control the exchanges. You know, it's, uh, we need to get it while we can get it, baby. You know, get it now while you can get it, because in the next year or two, who knows what we're going to, are we going to have access to XRP here in the next, after the lawsuit? Are all the banks or all the governments going to scoop up the rest of the escrow? That's the question I ask myself every day. And people are complaining about a, you know, 34 cent XRP. Shit, fill up your back. Look, back up the truck, baby. Not financial advice. Back up the damn truck. <laughs> yeah, you know, on XRP.com, is, uh, it's super easy to use. I used it when uh, Collecti came out with their XGen. There were some uh, members that needed help getting some XRP because Uphold was holding the XRP and they couldn't move it. So their Zoom wallet. So yeah, all you need is a Zoom wallet. It's real easy. You connect your Zoom wallet and then you can use a credit card. I think you could even use Apple Pay um, to purchase the XRP, but it was super easy. Um, I kind of tested it with a small amount, but made a purchase and then it shows up in your Zoom wallet. So super easy to use, super user-friendly. Awesome. And we got 230 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Elbow that like button. I'm about to read you a quote talking about why centralized exchanges may become a thing of the past. There's indeed no point in buying XRP through Coinbase, which will delist the cryptocurrency at the first regulatory poke when you can buy it directly from your non-custodial wallet via fiat. Johnny Crypto, I'd love for you to take us home here. This is a move in the right direction. What are some of your thoughts? Well, I mean, that's the risk, right? We're trying to figure out the balance between decentralized and centralized. And frankly, if you're counting on the government to enable a decentralized system, you're retarded because we all know that the government is just the exact opposite, right? They want more control, not less. So I would suspect that they're going to do things to make it harder and harder for people to have a decentralized system. And you're going to see regulation and rules coming in place that are going to try to drive it more to a centralized location with certain, certain exchanges that are owned by their buddies. You know, we know the big companies and who they are. So I suspect that's what you're going to see more of. But you're going to have this battle between freedom and control in this space for a while until Congress just decides to regulate the shit out of it and then and it all goes away. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But I think at the end of the day, something like Bitcoin, I think, will survive possibly, especially if BlackRock ends up adopting it and creating a private fund for it and then creating an ETF. Then it ain't ever going away. So it'll be interesting. This is going to be an interesting battle to see how this plays out. Johnny, and we've you know, got more, at, no, oh, go ahead, Gonzo. I was just going to say, you know, Coach was talking about this this morning. I think when regulation comes in, these huge exchanges, in order to survive, are going to have to comply with regulation, right? Um, they're going to um, they're exactly. going to turn into banks, right? They're going to want to um, they're going to want to um, house our cryptocurrency, and right, and so in order to do that, in order to survive regulation, they're going to have to comply, right? He talked about that, like the charters that are being created and being um, connected to the central bank. So um, I, I definitely think there's a need for decentralized. Like Johnny says, we don't know how it's gonna play out and how they're gonna try to shut that down, but it's definitely gonna be a need because these exchanges are gonna 100% in order to, to survive are gonna have to comply with whatever the government regulations are. Exactly. And that's, the scary part. and that's the scary part, because we don't know what they're gonna force these exchanges to do. Right, and if they're going to have to register, are they going to are they going to just close down? And if they close down, what happens to all the people that have wallets there and accounts there? That's why we always talk here at the academy. Make sure you got your your coins, your keys, your keys on your cold wallets, right, or your hot wallets. So this way, you're off the exchange and you're at lower risk. Exactly, and we're about to dive into this next article. As Tom Emmer is sticking up for the cryptocurrency market, U.S. Congressman asked the OFAC to explain its tornado cash sanctions. The OFAC added Tornado Cash to its sanction list in August after allegations were brought up over its use by North Korean hacker group Lazarus. 
The, the hacker group used the site to launder millions of dollars worth of crypto proceeds stolen over the past three years. And Tom Emmer says these sanctions look like a divergence from previous president. Some of the addresses uh, towards smart contracts and open source software instead of any specific person or entity. So what happened during this lawsuit is they basically prosecuted anybody who interacted with this platform or any developers who helped create it. But it's a move in the wrong direction because they're attacking American investors for a bunch of criminals in North Korea, some of the actions that they did. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, James. What do you think about this article? Yeah, I mean, technology, software, they're going after the software and they're making excuses because, you know, you talk about money laundering. How many suitcases full of $100 bills are being slid under the SEC's table or under these senators' tables, you know? And, and they want to give us this bullshit. Oh, no, you know, we're going to sue this because they're doing this in China or whatever. No, bullshit. Uh, the greenbacks are, are being laundered every day in our government. And I'm saying that. If you want to come run me down, come run me down. I don't care. I'm, I'm just being open and honest with you. Uh, it's software. I mean, they're going after the software and, and making lame-ass excuses. Gonzo, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We talked about this before the stream, but why don't you share with our listeners what you think this means? Because this is an excuse for more control over these markets. We're talking about how they're going to tell us the decentralized projects are untrustworthy. Trust our central bank digital currency or these other currencies that we've already adopted. What does this news mean to you, my friend? Yeah, you know, it's a very slippery slope. It's very scary, right? Because we're talking about freedom of speech. We're talking about it's open source. It's not even an application. It's an open source thing, right? And then you, ha you had platforms like Aave, um, and Uniswap, that if your wallet interacted with the Tornado Cash protocol, you were automatically banned, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's like a bigger question that comes into play. It starts with like Tornado Cash, what's next, right? And then especially with the way that Ethereum is going with the merge, right? And how it's going to proof of stake, you, you know, now you're talking about can the government come in and shut down whole pieces of a protocol like in Ethereum, like they did with Tornado Cash, just because they don't like the way that you voted or maybe because of your religion or whatever that is, uh, it's really, really scary, right? And so it's a slippery, slippery slope. And so you definitely need to pay attention to that. And that's why we have the argument to decentralization, right? And so as Ethereum goes to proof of stake, that's one of the big conversations that's starting to come up with this whole tornado cash thing, right? What, what do they do when the government comes and tells them that they have to block certain wallets or shut down uh, a certain aspect of it. Exactly. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to know if you have any closing remarks here. If not, we're about to roll into another Ripple article. Just let me know, my friend. I'll tell you what the government's going to do, Gonzo. They're going to fold. I mean, what the companies, country, companies are going to do when the government comes running on the door. They're going to fold like a $2 bill. They're gonna, that's it. <laughs> they're going to cave in and that's going to be the end of it because obviously the governments have the ultimate form of control. They have un in, endless supply of power and money and so there's not going to be a choice here unfortunately abs that's what's going to happen there so awesome and it is an xrp deep dive day so we brought the xrp content as ripple is continuing to expand around the world ripple expands into the second largest arab economy via partner Tranglo. we've covered this Tranglo partnership before but this is going to be massive for the mass adoption of xrp around the world Ripple's remittance technology is expanding into the UAE as its investment partner, Tranglo, opens a new payment corridor to the United Arab Emirates. And James, what's so exciting about the UAE is they've already established XRP is a currency under their guidelines. So the Arab Gulf remains a key region for cross-border payment industry, hence the significance of this move. The UAE is one of the top senders and recipients of remittances globally every single day. Tranglo enables Ripple's on-demand liquidity service for all of its payment corridors starting in March after its successful test of its ODL system with over 250,000 transactions for, totaling $48 million in 100 days. There were zero failed transactions on the network. This is just more proof that the world is going digital and that XRP is the solution for on-demand liquidity. But how do you feel about the UAE, one, classifying XRP as its currency, but two, leading the way when it comes to the adoption of this asset? Uh, it's massive. I mean, hands down, uh, on-demand liquidity, Ripple getting in all these corridors around the world, and the U.S. will not accept it. The, the U.S., I'd like to be behind closed doors at the SEC or the Feds or the CFTC and just hear what they're really talking about because this technology is legit. It's going to be used in the United States. I mean, wait until the UAE or some other country puts oil and gas on the blockchain. 
think about it, oil and gas derivatives, all the above running on the XRP ledger or whatever networks out there that's going to make it happen. Uh, it's happening around the world. The United States is dragging, but I, I really feel in my heart getting it out to the universe that they're trying to work this in. I mean, you hear about Fed now, you hear about the Feds, all the other things. Uh, the UAE is massive. You know, remittances, the market is massive. And when you can move value in three to five seconds, hodling the auto, hodl the auto, ODL uses XRP. Um, it's incredible. It, it really is. It really is. And you brought up something important, which is when oil suppliers start using this technology, that's going to have massive effects on the U.S. dollar. And the blockchain that they're developing on right now is Hedera Hashgraph. So if you're looking for something cool, go check out some of the oil developers in Africa right now. They're building on the Hedera network. But Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you. This ODL news is huge. Regardless of what Gary Gensler has to say, the UAE is now using XRP for ODL. What are some of your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, so now that's number two, right, that we know in, what, the past week? We know there was a, a bank, uh, was it TravelX, down in Brazil or South America, that uh, said they were going to, again, just because you're using the ODL doesn't mean you're using Ripple the or XRP. The good news is they said not only are they going to deploy the ODL, but they're going to use XRP on the ODL. That is exactly the kind of news we want to be hearing about. That is fantastic because that's adoption of the system. That's demand, supply and demand. We know how that all works. And to hear it happening again in the UAE, Again, like I said earlier, I just want I want I want Ripple to, I want Ripple's ODL to be like a virus. I want that zone bitch to spread all around the countries, all these different countries, and we're starting to see that happen. So you know, hopefully the C word will happen to XRP ODL, and it'll be a beautiful thing. Awesome, Gonzo. You got any closing yeah. remarks here? Johnny Crypto brought up something important, which is that Brazil announced they're going to use XRP for ODL starting this year. So, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome to see, right? I think it was at the end of last year that we talked about that it had been a big year in Southeast Asia with Ripple and expanding with ODL and the use case. And that, you know, coming up in 2022, it was going to be the African nations and the Middle East. And then we're just seeing that to fruition. So like Johnny said, um, it's not just the ODL, but using the XRP. And so it just makes you, you know, extremely bullish, right? On XRP, again, not financial advice. Don't go in FOMO. <laughs> but I mean, when you look at, you know, what the prices were at before we're in a bear market, you know, could we go lower? Yeah, we could. But is there really a big difference between if you're buying it at 33 cents, 32 cents or 25, maybe we go down to 20 cents, right? What's the difference in that? When you look at the potential, at least that's what I'm looking at, right? At what the future potential could be, right? So, you know, make a decision for yourself, but definitely what I'm doing is I'm going to continue to DCA in. Awesome. And I want to go back to James for one quick comment, because we always talk about how when we figure out which projects are going to survive this bear market, we look at which ones are making mergers and acquisitions. And Ripple has been doing that nonstop throughout this bear market, regardless of the SEC lawsuit and all of the cryptocurrency news. Ripple is expanding. FTX is expanding. What are some of the things that you're looking for? And how do you feel about Ripple continuing to grow their actual company to over 600 employees, regardless of the SEC lawsuit? I mean, they're massive. It just goes to show you that this technology is winning. I mean, even with the X SEC down all of our throats or doing what they're doing, you know, the SEC does not want to lose this lawsuit, <laughs> but it's not looking good. Even the judges are scratching their heads. Uh, yeah. Ripple's expanding. Uh, when I went to London here a couple of weeks ago, the, the team at BPM wallet, a uh, phenomenal project building on top of the XRP ledger flew me to London uh, everybody there knew who Ripple was. I met with the team at Uphold London. They knew, you know, they they know who Ripple is. They 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 still uh, have XRP on the platform, Uphold. But yeah, it, it's growing, and and the world sees a lawsuit, but the rest of the U.S. sees a lawsuit, but the rest of the world sees a growing technology which is expanding every day, and and it's phenomenal. Awesome. We got 222 live listeners out there. If you're in alignment with our content, show us some love, smash that like button. James, I've got a tweet pulled up. We addressed this yesterday, but I do want to hear your thoughts. As the DTCC group is already live and using the DLT technology to facilitate trades, this company processes all of the transactions on the New York Stock Exchange, and they're starting to shift digital. What does that mean to you? And maybe you can talk about some of the connections between XDC and XRP to this specific article. Yeah, I mean, it's massive. I, I created a video a couple of days ago talking about the DTCC, the quadrillions, the trillions of dollars. 
And here a couple of years ago, uh, Zenfin XDC teamed up with R3 Carta. And, and this process here, these transactions are using R3's Carta. Um, and then we've heard things in the past of R3, Carta, XRP, kind of meshing all together, the interoperability. This is going to be massive. And I always talk about, and you've heard in the past, all the money. <laughs> when you look at all the money in the world being put on the blockchain, which ecosystems are going to be the bridge to drive all these payments? And we know that the XRP ledger is up there. XDC, not financial advice. The Zenfin network is there. Uh, XLM, of course. And, and I have a handful I could talk about. But yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tremendous. And people faces are going to melt. Honey, I want to show a tweet right now. It's comparing the medium home income in the 1970s to the medium home price. And it's doing the same thing in 2022. One of the things that sticks out to me is that the medium home price was $17,000 to $10,000 in income. Now the medium home price is over $440,000 and medium income is only $60K. What does this mean to you, Johnny, that now it's about four times or even five times the average salary? Yeah, look at the difference, right? We went from a home being 2X the cost of a medium salary to now being uh, about 7X the cost of a median salary. And, and, and let me ask a question. Did my home, Mark Yusko, I'm going to steal his line. Did my home get any bigger? Did my home get any more efficient? Did it get better? No. It's the same fucking home. It's the same freaking home. It's nothing different except thanks to your, your government and, your, and, and the Fed, right? They've printed so many dollars from then to now that th literally what you're seeing is totally the effect of inflation and the devaluation of the dollar. That's all it is. The home is still the same home, it's still the same price, but the cost, you, but the value of your dollar went down 7x, or I should say 5x more because it was 2x as a 7x different. 5x times went down, 500% more it went down, and that's that's just the reality of it there, and that's why they disconnected it from gold because it's very hard to see, and then they meld this idea of, oh, inflation is a natural thing. It's normal. It's real. No. It's a bunch of horse bullshit, but because they've ingrained it in us to thinking it's real, we think nothing of it. Like, oh, yeah, it's just inflation. Oh, yeah, everything goes up every year. No, it's not supposed to happen. But it is, and this is the effect. And now think about somebody who's making 60 grand a year. Normally, you could buy a house for double your salary. Now you can't get shit. You're lucky if you can get a shed for that price. Well, Johnny, you know what it reminds me of? In 2030, you're going to own nothing and be happy. You're going to be renting your house from BlackRock, and you're going to have a huge smile on your face. But, Gonzo, I want to kick it to you. What does this mean to you, my friend? I'll make sure I'm on the boat, though. Yeah. I'm going to have a floating home. Floating home. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like Johnny was saying, it's all about the debasement of currency, right? That that's what it comes down to. And so when we, you know, and it and it sparked that something that you had said earlier when you when people talk about Bitcoin, they say it's a hedge against right. inflation. Uh, because you know, we how we feel about inflation, they create that inflation, right? It's not a normal thing. Um, I would say that Bitcoin or you could do cryptocurrencies. It's a hedge against not just loose monetary policy, but the debasement of the currency. So people always say that, well, you know, it's supposed to be a hedge against inflation. Well, look at inflation. It's going through the roof. Well, no, that's because inflation is a made up thing. It's more of a hedge against the debasement of currency, which we're actually seeing right there in that statistic. That's why that's happening. Awesome. Thank you, Gonzo. We're going to dive into our next article for today, which is that nearly half of Americans have heard of NFTs, but less than 2% are actually invested in these projects. 49% of Americans have heard of NFTs, despite this sector being hit in a massive way over this past year. Only 2% of American investors actually bought into these projects, which shows that NFTs are not mainstream yet. Nearly half of Americans are dissatisfied with investment after 46% of them dabbled into the crypto space, were not happy with their gains. Only 16% of investors say that cryptocurrencies have performed better than they expected. I'm not sure what currencies they were holding. 88% of Americans are familiar with crypto, but only 16% have actually gotten involved in the market today. It also went on to show that men ages 18 to 29 are the most prominent demographic, and only 7% of people over the age of 50 are actually invested in those cryptocurrencies. So James Rowe, I'd love to start with you. What's up with the 50-year-olds not buying crypto? Hey, I'm 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 in the 50 range, so I'm, go ahead and put me at the 100% of the 50 range. So, um, yeah, you know, NFTs when they first came out, they were pixelated images. You know, uh, oh yes, just buy this turtle or buy this ape or whatever. I, I, the technology here just in the last year, year and a half, has advanced where NFTs today 
are, are more than just art. I mean, when you can tokenize real estate, you can tokenize different things. But yeah, I mean, you know, the numbers are out there. We Being on social media, being on YouTube, Twitter, all the above, we feel that everybody in the world is invested in NFTs and crypto digital assets. But when you really look at the numbers, we're still breaking the tip of the iceberg. And I'm 55 years old. Hey, I, I have a mind of an 18 year old since I created my YouTube channel. But yeah, I mean, every day I see thousands of people coming into this space. I receive hundreds of messages every day on crypto Twitter. Hey, James, I'm new. What do I do? How do I do this? And I'll send them to my tutorial videos, you know, how to move crypto or whatever. But yeah, it's coming. The numbers are down, but wait until this thing blows up. People are going to be blown away, baby. Hey, there's a reason we call him Johnny Boom. Johnny, what does this say to you, my friend? I'm just giving, I'm just teasing you. Johnny, you know I love you, man. What does this article mean to you? It's Gen X, baby. I'm Gen X. I'm not in the boomers. But uh, it, 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 it actually, I'll be honest with you, when I read this article, I'm actually glad. I'm glad to hear that only 2% are in the NFTs. Because right now, the NFT space is a criminal activity space. It's more criminal than it is right now, you know, doing good right a lot of people got rug pulled and lost a shit ton of money in nfts and if you saw a bigger group of people losing money 10 12 15 losing money in nfts that would slow or kill that market down dramatically so being such a low number thank god um will give the the chance the opportunity for the real nft market to come and james talked about it. the real market is when nfts are used to tokenize everything your real estate, your your boat, your car, your abs, your socks, right? When when it has real world utility and use, and not these fake rug pulls. And Johnny, wait, rug. why my socks? Well, because you know there's a lot of chickies out there that probably want your. I'm sure all the chicks in the fan want your socks out there. Somebody, <laughs> I sure that. hope not. I know Angelina's got requests all the time. Is the wrestler one of our fans that people want to buy her socks? So that's why. So anyway, the point is, people will buy anything. People buying farts in a jar, for heaven's sakes. From some chicks. So, you know, the reality is, and it's crazy. That's real. That's a real story. But anyway, tokenization and the NFT, the NFT technology is going to be huge from that perspective, right? Uh, owning your medical records and all those other things that they're going to do with it. I think that's where the real value is. And we want people getting in, in into and familiar with NFTs when it does something good and not in a market where right now, you know, there's so many rug pulls and buying art and fake utility things that, that have no utility. So I'm glad to see that it's small um, because I don't want to see it destroy something that I think is going to be a big, big market in the long run. Johnny, I'm going to come back to you for some quick comments on this article. As 36% of the staking pool operators on Cardano have shifted over to the new node version and they need 75% of the SPOs to be shifted over before they can upgrade their network. Love to hear some of your thoughts about Cardano. Everyone's focused on the Ethereum merge. We've got the Cardano Vasil fork happening maybe sometime in September. What are you anticipating, Johnny? I, I still don't understand why they named it after a feminine project, a product. <laughs> Every time I hear the word, I just think right away that. But anyway, you know, at the end of the day, what's important here is that I've felt from day one, Cardano is doing things right, slowly, methodically. When you're when you're developing, you know, technology, especially software, things are done in stages. You launch them in betas, and instead of being like Solano where you just put stuff out there, yeah, that's right, boys. I'm unique. That's the whole point. So anyway, the the thing is here. We want to make sure that they're moving slowly and methodically and they're not making mistakes that end up like Solano where they're losing half of their market cap, right? Because they're making mistakes because they chose to just not do things, you know, diligently and correctly and methodically. So kudos to Charles. He did it the right way. He's pushing. And we know, we know, we've seen the data that Cardano is the number one chosen developer uh, choice in 2021. I won't be surprised in 2022 if it's just you know one or two. You're going to see a shit ton of stuff coming out on Cardano very shortly, in my opinion. Well, well Johnny, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of pushback, okay? Because no just problem. like in the Rocky movie, when uh, Rocky hits Drago and he makes him bleed, and he's like, he's human. Cardano is human, right? Because well, look what happened with the test net. The test oh, net yeah. broke. They lost two years. Of, or whatever that information was. And it just goes to show that, like you say, technology, it's technology, it breaks. And up to this point, it felt like, you know, Cardano was going very slow and methodical and they didn't have any issues. And they finally had an issue, which is fine, right? I mean, it's technology, but it's just funny because people made a big deal out of it, right? That's what the test nets are for. 
they're there to break. They're there for you to push the limits and then break them. But it was just so funny because I'd read an article and, and they were talking about how, well, you know, they're supposed to be slow and methodical and now finally something broke. But it was a test net. Let's not go crazy. But that, right? Yeah. That's that, what that, and, that, and, and the way that's interpreted is wrong. Right. At the end of the day, the point is they're moving slow and they're not building a bunch of apps and things that now imagine if they're like Solana, you got a shit ton of stuff operating on it, all of a sudden everything breaks. Now nothing works. They're moving in phases. And so you don't see a lot of stuff developed quite yet on it, but it's in the process of being developed. And and of course, stuff's going to break. That's exactly what the testnet is made for. So I'm not surprised. The point is, when something fails right now because of the way Cardano chose its development path, the impact to the rest of the world is much smaller than in the process of which Solano chose. And when it crashed, you know, everybody was panicking because there's a shit ton of stuff operating on it. So to me, that's yeah. the difference, Gonzo. But uh, you'll see. They're actually talking about launching uh, Cardano. I think it's called Cardano Lonia. It's their new metaverse space so check that out that's coming it looks pretty cool awesome james i'm gonna do you a favor and i'm gonna go some quick rapid fire on these questions here we got a really interesting question from michael jordan is in the chat right now would you choose algorand or cardano these are just fun questions so not financial advisor not financial advice uh cardano right off the bat i mean 100 that's simple great answer, great answer. Yep. Yeah, next question. I got, I got a bunch of them lined up for you, James. So what does James think about XRP and BRICS nations? Is it going to be their reserve currency as well? What are some of your thoughts? Uh, who knows? I mean, only time will tell. You know, this, we're so early with this technology that, yes, it's being used around the world, but uh, only time will tell. I mean, I, I don't have, a, have an answer for that one. Algorand's going to be promoted in the next World Cup coming up, and everybody's very bullish on how the, the new marketing techniques, whether it's Crypto.com or VeChain partnering with the UFC. Now we've got Algorand partnering with FIFA in the World Cup. It's going to be huge for subconscious and conscious programming. What are you anticipating from that standpoint? Well, wow. I mean, it's just getting it out there. Yesterday it was announced that Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys is now an ambassador for blockchain.com. So you look at the NFL getting, uh, you know, all these different, uh, developers, companies are, are partnering up with, you know, where the people were at. Yesterday, I was talking about the metaverse. Companies are getting into the metaverse, the banks, Nike, McDonald's, all the above. Where are the people seeing all this information? Well, the metaverse, NFL, NASCAR, you know, all the above. It's, it's getting out there and slowly but surely, what do they say? Trickle, trickle, flood. We're seeing a little bit, a little bit. All of a sudden, it's going to be massive and people are going to go, well, he, James told me about this a few years ago and now it's mainstream, you know, Oh, I should have got in then. And I'm going to say, I told you so. <laughs> Those will be exciting times. James, what are the chances of an XRP buyback? We know that you talked about, um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, Vitaly, I believe. What are, what are some of your thoughts? People are saying $35,000. Is there going to be any buyback at all? Well, Jimmy Valley is a very good friend of mine, a business partner, all the above. Many of you don't know that, but I interviewed him February of 2021. Uh, he, we talked about uh, the Federal Reserve. The uh, proposal has been sent to the feds. I'm on the confidential committee. I, I get shit. I get crap all over it every day. People are like, this will never happen. You know, never say never. We have not received an answer back from the feds yet. I mean, they could have right off the bat said, nope, you know, throw it under the table. But maybe they're, you know, they're human just like we are. Maybe their gears are grinding. Maybe they're thinking, trying to figure out a way to fix this financial F up that the U.S. has made, you know. So who knows? Never say never. Anything is possible. At this point in time, anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. It's, anything the greatest, is possible. it's the greatest time to be alive. Our final story for today, James, is that China has began their next phase of central bank digital currency testing with the ENY payment for public transportation. What happened here is they tested this on 6 million regular citizens. Now they're able to actually use their central bank digital currency to purchase public transportation in very select locations. How do you feel about central bank digital currencies? Just to give you a brief overview on our channel, we're not advocates of it, but we understand that it's inevitable. We understand that this is going to be a global movement of, dig of fiat currency turning digital, and CBDCs are going to be the centerpiece. So what are some of your thoughts there? Uh, CBDCs, government controlled, I'm not for it because they could take it away just as fast as they could give it to you. They've already stated, I think, in China or, or one of the countries that uh, if you don't spend your CB your funds on certain items or certain projects, they're going to take it away from you. And I think it's bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's just like 
uh, if you receive a stimulus check in the United States and you didn't spend it on the right food or or whatever, they can take it back away from you. That that's what I see a CBDC as being, and that's just my honest opinion. Awesome, guys. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to James. Another amazing episode today. If you guys are looking for more of James' content, it's at James, it's at James Rule XRP on YouTube and at Rule XRP on Twitter. We're going to close this thing out by saying, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Let's do go. The, do we have the music, Johnny? <laughs> uh, I was going to pull up the Merlin ad. Do you have the script there? Um, nope. Well, nope.